1: This is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and this is a cool episode. Nora O'Connor joins me for the second time, but it's her first as a solo artist. This time we get a chance to go a bit deeper into her musical past. She talks about being a child bartender at parties her parents would throw where eventually everyone would gather together and sing just for the joy of it. She went to college for music, but mostly for the business side of the industry. She's been a fixture on tour with Nico Case, and she discusses how learning bass for Kelly Hogan eventually led to that gig. But that was not her first musical credit. That would be a prog song by the band It. Norah also talks about rum and making great decisions. She's worked on so many great projects, and we touch on quite a lot of them, including Urban Twang, The Blacks, Andrew Bird, and The Flat Five. She's just released her third solo album called My Heart, and it's not just a hit with me, but also with my 18-year-old daughter. So she's definitely done something right. Pick it up on Pravda Records or wherever you get music nowadays. Follow Nora on social media and follow us at Performance ANX. And you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety or get merch at performanceanx.threadless.com. Reach out on social media or the performance anxiety pod at gmail.com. Now get ready to learn the secret of Windwolf. The Song Underneath This Intro by Nora O'Connor on Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network.
0: Hey everyone, this is Nora O'Connor and you're listening to Performance Anxiety Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have a record coming out October 7th that I'm shamefully not so shamefully promoting uh it's called my heart and pravda records has been so kind to release it so check me out on spotify and itunes and all the places and spaces you listen to music thanks so much is that enough do you want to okay that'll do
1: Thank you for joining me again. You, I know you came on a while back with the last Flat 5 album and had a blast talking That's with right. you. That's uh, right. A little less crowded this time. This is just you. So. <laughs> just me. Little old me. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to find out. We didn't get really get a chance to dive too deeply into anybody's past at that point. So, but that's one of the things I really like to find out is is how you got into music in the first place. You know, what was your inspiration for, for following this path? You know, was was there a lot of stuff playing in the house that that uh, really inspired you, or was it music lessons that your parents made you take? Or how did you get into music seriously in the first place?
0: Um. Well, I was definitely. I mean, I'm a self taught musician. Um, did a lot of my, my parents are Irish immigrants and so there was a lot of Irish music blasting in the house and then just I just have these great memories of you know parties when we were little kids you know we were the bartenders and all the grown-ups you know like handing out highballs to all the all the grown-ups that's but, awesome. you know at some point people would just sing at some point in at the party, someone would just start singing. And, you know, it's not like no one's trying to be a rock star. No one's trying to, everyone just sang when I was a kid. My father is a beautiful singer and his sister and all their, you know, friends and family. So there was a lot of that. And I mean, it's, you know, not really an exciting story. I found myself doing high, musicals in high school. And then I went to college thinking I would kind of get into I have a music business degree and my I, where I went to college had a really good radio station and so I did a lot of production in college and that's kind of where I thought I was going because I'm a little bit older and when I was in college there was still a ton of record labels you know and a lot of record labels in the Chicago area like Warner Brothers and Arista and A&R and um a&R? Was that the name? Kind of the Warner Brothers, like all those okay, little branches. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew a lot of people who were a reps and it just seems um, like that was something I was really interested in working radio or working with artists. But, you know, I joined a band in college and I just kind of kept here I am. You know, like you say how the kids next thing you know, the kids are in college. Like the next thing I know, I'm 54 years old and I'm still <laughs> you know, I just I just, you know, it just it took me a while to kind of try to get myself where I'm surrounded by people I want to be surrounded with who lift me up and who yeah. keep me wanting to to stay, you know, and And I've been doing this a long time. And, you know, there's always a moment where, wow, I should really go get a real job. And you know what? I think this is just what I do. And I think I'm landing on that. Like, this is it,
1: mom. This is it. Sorry. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of the work. Yeah, nothing to be sorry for. So (laughs) you mentioned that, you know, we're, well, actually, I guess we were just talking about how your plans were to be kind of behind the scenes in the record industry, but you were actually, so so first of all, before we get even too deep into that, you're you're not just a singer, but you're actually a multi-instrumentalist. So, uh, what, what do you play and how old were you when you started learning how to, to play music?
0: I started playing guitar, acoustic guitar. I got my first acoustic guitar when I was 21. Okay. So I was always singing, but I didn't start playing guitar until I was about 21. And I went to school in in Southern Illinois, and there was a really wonderful folk and bluegrass community down there. And I really just kind of sat with my guitar around. There was a lot of jams and pickers in, in like, the town where I lived and people were just really gracious enough to let, you know, here's a G D and a C now just try to keep up, you know, (laughs) so, you know, I kind of learned really fast because I I'm, I'm just a pretty quick study and I was obsessed and I practiced really hard. And, um, so I've always played acoustic guitar, which kind of led me to get an electric guitar and start. I don't play a ton of electric guitar, but I'm just, uh, but I, I, I do when I when I need to. I tend to go straight to the acoustic guitar. It's just kind of where I go. I can play, I, I have a really good ear, so I can play things by ear and learn things pretty quickly. And then I'd say when when Kelly Hogan put out a record on Amplish, I like to keep myself in pain. I, I want to say that like 10 years ago, maybe, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not good at years, but you know, <laughs> she was putting a band together, and and she was thinking about a bass player, and she's like, "You should, you should learn how to play bass." And I said, "I should," <laughs> and I'm going to. So <laughs> I bought a bass. I took lessons from like all my favorite bass players in town, and then I just learned Kelly's whole record, and I came back, and I wow. said, "Okay, I to go on tour with you because I just learned all your songs and." And, you know, and now I find myself touring with Eco Case, playing bass for her and singing back up. And when I was in the Decemberist um, with Kelly, you know, we were both backup singers, but they just kind of kept handing me instruments to play these auxiliary <laughs> parts under <different> the songs. Like, <laughs> learn this banjo part, learn this mandolin part, learn this baritone guitar part. So, you know, I'm not a shredder, but I can support you and learn, you know, help the song that, be where it wants to be you with different parts
1: that sounds amazing to me here's a banjo learn this part i would sound like the biggest mongoloid if you if you hand me a banjo and said hey just learn this part uh okay Can if you...
0: you teach me i will learn it
1: <laughs> <laughs> well in looking at your discography it's i get kind of fascinated by this stuff because the first thing that i saw with your name on it wasn't country, alt-country, folk. It was a prog song by the band It. Oh my god. Scott Munson. Yeah, that (laughs) kind of blew me away. The Eternal Time Clock by It. For seven hearts and the seven seas From the tops of the mountains to the valley's below. The rain of the clouds through time will flow. And hey, that's not what I expected after you know doing some research on you I'm like, oh okay, I I know what genre she, she is, but you don't really f- fit in genres. You 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 sing on Prague, you've done folk, you country, you do some southern rock stuff with the blacks and, and that kind of was cool because that kind of sounded like a maybe like a more polished drive-by truckers kind of sound which I really liked. That was really cool. But black. Just, it kind of blows me away that the, the range of stuff that you've done. It's amazing. Thank you. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, I've got some great news. Performance anxiety and Pantheon podcasts are giving away an exclusive VIP experience to see Nick Mason's saucer full of secrets. So head to pantheonpodcast.com. Slash. Nick Mason. To. Enter. Find the link in the show. Description. Or head over to our. Twitter. Facebook. Or. Nick Mason's. Facebook page. For the link to. Enter to win. Head over to Pantheonpodcast.com. Backslash. Nick Mason. To enter. Find the link in the show. Description. Or head over to our. Twitter. Facebook. Or Nick Mason's. Facebook page. for The link. To enter to win. Front row seat upgrades. A very special commemorative guitar pick shaped necklace carved down from a drum cymbal played by Nick Mason himself. You also get a selection of curated exclusive VIP merchandise including a VIP laminate and lanyard. Crowd free shopping at a dedicated merchandise stand before the show. And on-site perks such as priority check-in, VIP express lane into the venue for ease of entry, and a dedicated customer service line. So enter now at PantheonPodcast.com backslash Nick Mason. Winners will be notified via email one week prior to the event, so enter now. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Try doing that in person. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to Performance Anxiety listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com performanceanxiety Performance Anxiety. That's com slash performance anxiety thanks again to better help for sponsoring this podcast how did you get thanks. started well, doing with 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 it on the eternal time clock because that like i said that's prog that's totally different yeah
0: that's totally prog so scott munson lived above my friend jason thomas who i was in like this vocal folk band in college and okay. we were all just friends and scott was just this awesome freaky guy he was sound engineer i think he's still a sound engineer lives out in san diego you know so this that was probably like 1990 that that song that you heard and you know back then we were just like a group of squares you know only a couple of us were actually going to college and the others were like locals or had already graduated and those are the people i hung out with when I went to school. And, you know, so I was friends with the guy who built the first recording studio in Carbondale, Illinois. Wow. And um started the first, you know, my bandmates started the first entertainment newspaper, the, the Carbondale Nightlife back then. So I don't know, I just, I just kind of, you know, I found my people. In in college, and you know, and Scott had this project, it, and recruited me to sing backup, and you know, I didn't know. I mean, I was just kind of faking it until I can make it, kind of thing. <laughs> and I was just down for, and I'm I'm down. I'm just down for anything.
1: I I heard that, be, and I heard. I guess maybe I should phrase it this way: Was did you figure that out when you jumped on stage with Lonnie Brooks?
0: Oh God. I owe, Lonnie, I owe Lonnie Brooks an amends. Um, <laughs> that was rum. That wasn't me. That was rum. So, how do you know about that? Uh,
1: I do my research.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> I was with my friend Mike Beck, who we. Mike Beck was one of my first bandmates. We had a band called Dead Flowers, which was a Rolling Stones cover band. My and then Dead we also had a band called The Rocky, The Rocky Horribles. We did like <laughs> Schoolhouse Rock and Rocky Horror Picture Show songs. Nice. Yeah, Lonnie Brooks at Fred's Dance Barn down in Southern Illinois. I jumped on stage because he was swinging. He was singing "Sweet Home Chicago" and. Like, I'm from Chicago. I know the words to that song. He probably really needs a backup singer right now. I'm sure the best idea would be for me to jump on stage and uh, grab the guitar player's microphone and start singing backup with Lonnie Brooks. It was one of my (laughs) finest moments. Rum
1: rum gives you good ideas.
0: (laughs) Straight rum is just
1: genius. (laughs) (laughs) The higher the proof, the better the idea. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you've done some really, some other really interesting stuff, like urban twang, not Prague.
0: That's so- right. Now urban twang. Yeah. They recruited me. I was doing lots of like coffee shop gigs and, um, Max and Trish who were the founders of that band kind of plucked me out from my little solo thing. And, and I learned a lot being in that band again, like they had me, they taught me how to play some mandolin and some songs oh, wow. and, uh, we made a couple records and, you know, that was that was really fun working with them. Living
1: in silence is sometimes lonely Looking over my shoulder to see who's there You were the spark in the darkness
0: that surrounds me And I, I, I worked with them for a couple of years. And then I I think after that, I joined the Blacks and just started. Yeah, I moved, I moved around a lot um, when I was younger, just trying to find my spot, you know.
1: And then around that time, you also released your first solo album. Was that something right. that you were working on the whole time? Uh, Cerulean Blue. Was that something yeah. that was in the works while you were in Urban Twang? And I
0: think that came about. There's a place in Chicago called Uncommon Ground. And the owner started a little record uh label called uncommon underground music and i was one of the first uh cds that he put out on his label so yeah that was all kind of happening at the same time because i was doing a lot of uncommon ground was just kind of where we were playing and they kept growing and they were really just just so supportive of us young young
1: players You've done so much work with so many people. Uh, I'm, you know, Andrew Bird, and Mavis Staples. Uh, how did you start getting into a lot of this support work? Was that something? Because uh, I'm assuming at this time you're still thinking about working behind the scenes at that point, or, or was that kind I of by the wayside?
0: Like, I I feel like you know, once I moved up to Chicago and started playing solo stuff, and then kind of getting into Urban Twang and then The Blacks. And then we did a show with Andrew Bird's Bowl of Fire and Andrew um, and I really clicked and wanted to sing together. And so I kind of transitioned into Andrew's band. hockey's a change don't drive my down. Diamonds don't
1: make me shine. It's a short life and a long time underground. I'll trade you money for wine.
0: after that from there i just i found a real comfortable place singing harmony was just what i was really good at and you know supporting another singer i just found like that i really love doing that you know so i just kind of put myself in that position to be someone that you call if you want harmonies on your record or if you want someone to come and sing at your show and sing backup you know I just I just I just I guess I put myself out there without even realizing I did I guess I did you know
1: (laughs) well between solo between first and second solo albums I mean there's a a, a huge list of appearances I mean you appear on a couple compilations like uh, the songs of Kate Bush you do the saxophone song that's really cool I, I love the Wanda Jackson song you do. Ah, oh, thanks. That is that was am- fun. That is amazing cuz it's a little different. I mean you, you get you've got such a clear beautiful voice, but at one point you hit this like growl scream thing at, at the end and it's ah, oh, I like that. Ah! is awesome it's a beautiful rendition of the song and then you hit that and I'm just like yeah that's for me
0: thank you so yeah I was touring with Andrew Bird's Bowl of Fire at the time and okay. I just I just scooped them all up and they <laughs> came into the studio King size recording studio and we recorded it with Dave Trumpio, who now has a studio in California in this place called gold diggers which is like a studio performance space artist haven So I love, yeah, I love like Andy Hopkins guitar solo on that Wanda Jackson song is so great. And Andrew rips it on that too. That was, that was really fun.
1: It's, I, I love it. I think it's just an amazing version. And around this time is when you start also working with the new pornographers, which I'm assuming is how you met Nico.
0: Yeah. I knew Nico before, you know, because we were both, you know, young and and doing like bloodshot showcases in mm. austin and okay. um you know so i knew nico and and like nico and kelly hogan and i were you know friends way back when um and then you know andrew bird when i was in the andrew bird's band we went to canada and did some shows with the new pornographers and i think the new pornographers came down to chicago and did some shows with us so that's so that's like 2001 or something like that when i started doing shows with the new pornographers and then carl had asked me to come out to vancouver and sing on electric version which gosh I don't know what year that was, maybe 2002 uh, or something like that. I
1: think that was re- released in uh, 03. I'm looking it up right now. 03. 03, yeah.
0: Okay, so we probably went, I probably recorded in 2002 with them.
1: And then you've got your second solo album that comes out around that time, 2004, Till the Dawn, which right. I love that album. That is such oh, an, a you. wonderful album. Thank you so much. Were you working on songs for that the entire time? time or was that something a project that you just sat down and started till it was done
0: i don't know you know there's a lot of i i had a lot of like co-writing on that record and i sang there's a good i didn't write a ton of songs on that record there's two songs that were written by jimbo mathis from squirrel nut zippers that he worked up with andrew bird and they gave me the cassette and I ended up doing a couple songs <laughs> oh, wow. and I did like a Mount pilot song and I did a drape song. I wrote a couple songs and I did a couple covers. So, you know, I was just really itching to get into the studio. And even though I hadn't written a lot, I was still, I still had all these songs that I was already singing. You know, I, mean, I love singing other people's songs. I, I love it. I do it, all, <laughs> I do it every day.
1: So. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you about socks for a second. Why not? It's a music podcast. But I tried a pair of socks from Boldfoot and love them. I've only worn them once because my kids have stolen them. So in my household, that's the best endorsement I can give. And I guess it's fitting because the design I chose was Wait, Jailbird. The design I chose was Jailbird. I might keep that in. The socks are 100% American made and 5% of all proceeds... Go to veteran charities. It makes sense seeing that Boldfoot is a family and veteran-owned company. They have a huge variety of styles. So check out boldfoot.com and buy some of the best socks you've ever slapped on your feet. And help veterans while you're at it. That's boldfoot.com. So I guess was the intent to break out to be a solo artist, or was it just something that you wanted to just do in addition to supporting other people?
0: Yeah. It was just another thing, like breaking out, never even crossed my mind. It okay. was just like, I just like the variety of, of it all. You know, I love singing with other people, singing for other people. I love being told what to do. Like I'm a really good, you know, secretary or administrative <laughs> assistant in a band, you know, I love to write the set lists and, and rap chords and load cars and sing harmonies and play whatever. And then, you know, and then sometimes I'm just itching to to not to do whatever I want. And that's when it's time to make a solo record. Or that's when it's time to do some
1: Nora shows. It's It sounds like you've really got the, the best of both worlds going where you, you can... You can do stuff that you don't have to worry about that you that you like doing. That's not, and I hate to say it this way, it's not high stress because anything in the entertainment is stressful. But it's you know you don't have to be the one in charge. But I
0: love that. That's my favorite part. (laughs) I love standing over there. I love standing (laughs) over there, twenty feet from everything. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing to do. It's it is. You know it's it's a lot harder to be the person standing in the
1: middle of the stage but when you get that yearning to do that you are able to do it so I think you've got the best of both worlds going on yeah
0: yeah it's it's fun it's it's really fun Um, I like the variety
1: so on that second album I got I, I do have to say I absolutely love the songs tonight and revolver those are just amazing tracks
0: much. Yeah, Revolver was actually written by my friend Kevin McDonough who was in a band called The Drapes. They have a killer version of that song. And it's a song I always I just love that little guitar lick in there. Yeah. Um so I'm glad you like it.
1: Thank oh, you. I love it. That that whole album is it's just beautiful. You've also done something and, and I didn't catch the entire thing, but I did see bits and pieces. And I wanted to know how you decided to do a show based around the entire Buckingham Nicks album. Because yes. that frozen love that you did is just killer. You go forward i meet you
0: Well, it's my favorite Buckingham Nicks album. It's my favorite Fleetwood Mac album. It's it's so hard to get. I mean, I have it. It's only available on vinyl. Yeah. I mean, you can find it on YouTube some places, but it, it's it's super rare. And they were so young, and it's my it seems so raw and so fresh. And it's 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 you know I'm a huge Stevie Nicks fan. I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac fan and I love her songwriting and her and Buckingham Knicks. It's just my favorite record. And I sing a lot. I've been singing for 20 something years with um, a local musician who who's a good friend named Liam Davis. And I knew he would nail all the Lindsay parts. And it was just a fun project to do. I, I kind of, I love when people like do whole albums and, and I wanted to be one of those people. So I did it yeah, at, I love that too. at the hideout and then we did it we did it we've done it twice it's just a labor of love i guess singing all those songs and just seemed like a cool project to to put a band together and to do a record and call it a day just kind of an exercise just kind of a you know working out all my music muscles i've also learning those
1: songs i've also heard the work you've done with the hush drops who i I love john he's just awesome he's been on the show he's just i love that guy to death
0: Oh my god, he's a riot! I he, love John San Juan.
1: His, love him. His guitar is just—it's like crazy horse. He's
0: just—he's yeah. He plays upside down, left. He plays guitars left hand <laughs> upside down. What's
1: that? Oh my he's god, a mad man. He is, he's a madman.
0: He is—he's a fucking madman. He's love him so insane.
1: Much. He's I've, so musical. I do have a question. So you've worked with a ton of people in in a supporting role, but let's talk about lady parts. You and Kelly <laughs> Hogan. That's such a cool project you guys could have going. I heard one video where Kelly kind of explained it as you guys getting to sing the parts you want to sing when you're normally singing backup on those songs.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious.
1: And I thought that was, that yeah. was it sounds like a, a really fun project.
0: Yeah, it's a fun, it is fun. And, you know, I mean, Kelly and I have been, for lack of a better word, singing the lady parts on a lot of records and we do it together very well, you know, and honestly, lady parts, we've had like four gigs. We're never home. We're never in the same town (laughs) at the same time. We barely have a set list, but, uh, we did actually record. We, we both toured with the Decemberists for like three and a half years or something, uh, 2015 to 2018 and, uh, bloodshot, was turning 21 and they asked us to submit a song like a song about booze and so we both loved this song by ron sexsmith called me myself and wine yes and we recorded it with the decemberists on a day off in uh, omaha nebraska at uh your man from bright eyes studio it was great and everybody was willing they're like yeah no problem we'll 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 do this and they all donated their time and we went to the studio and recorded this song and um Mm -hmm. so yeah lady project lady parts is um yeah it's 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 a band that kelly and i have um, and it's, it's just our sacred little, our sacred little place we can go to sing any song we want to together. Yeah.
1: I love how your voices mesh together in the flat five, you know, lady parts. It's just great. I, I love the flat five because I hear what I hear a lot about in, in your new album. You've got a lot of wit and it comes through. I mean, in in the flat five, the lyrics are hilarious. Your it, it's just, it's amazing. It's it's a combination of like swings and beautiful harmonies, sharp, witty lyrics, and take that the swing part and add more like like country indie, and you, you've got your new album. The humor in your music is is one of the things that draws me into it, and and mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's it's very it's subtle, but very sharp at the same time. For example, on the new album, uh, it's sore. sore, Running around with with your pants up. I'm trying to remember how the lyric goes, with your pants down. It's the last time you laughed that hard. It was, that cracked me up.
0: Drank too much and ended up In a field behind the courthouse
1: It made me think about (laughs) stupid things that I've done. (laughs) Times that I did not jump on stage with Lonnie Brooks, but.
0: Oh, God. Pants. That would be the death of me. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: You know, pants falling down, people running around crazy. But I love it. And Tarot Card, you know, another great track. But I think my favorite example of, of your wit on this album and my favorite track on the album is It's All Right Now. It's all right
0: now, we talk the whole thing over, we understand each other, and we won't be seen together anymore, it's all right now. Oh, you know, that's not written by me, did you catch that? No, no. So so there's one cover on the record, so I'm sorry to, to let you down here, but it, that's uh, that's Margot Garan, and she's a songwriter in Sixty, She actually just died last year. But oh, wow, okay. I was turned on to her in the last few years, and that song is, I, I just wanted to learn that song because the chords are insane. And so that was an exercise, was like, I'm going to sit down and learn the chords to this song. And then and then I just decided, let's just throw one cover on the album. Um, and I and that's it. the one that it ended up being. So <laughs> those aren't my words, but it's kind of creepy, right? It's kind of a creepy breakup song. It and is. like my last record, I put one of my favorite breakup songs, which is That's All Right by Fleetwood Mac. So maybe I just need to have one creepy or one sort of breakup song on, by someone else on, on every album.
1: I'm not sure, but what lyric on that one did you like? Oh, it's hard. Right. Some... I've got to, I have to look them up real quick, but yeah, the whole theme of it's, it's such a beautifully sung song, but it's all about stay away from me. Don't touch me. I think that was my favorite. Yeah. Th- don't touch me is be careful not to touch me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's my favorite part of the song because that's because yeah. I'm listening to it and I'm like okay this is this is going in a different direction and then that I'm like oh my <laughs> god this is hilarious I love this yeah from what I've heard with the flat five and some of the other and, and some of your solo stuff and soar and all that it, it kind of fit in with the lyrical content that I've heard from you so it's yeah uh, yeah
0: it, it's definitely my flavor yeah. of the song.
1: so <laughs> So you've got some of your uh, friends playing in this with you. So it's, uh, look, it's Casey McDonough from flat five and, and NRBQ uh, Scott Legan, also NRBQ and, and flat five. Uh, let's see, Alex Hall and Steve Dawson contributes. Yeah. So you've got, you've got yeah. quite an amazing group of guys on that album with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Steve, you know, Steve Dawson, I just really respect him as a songwriter and he's also a teacher and good. Like when I started writing these songs, uh, you know, he's somebody that I wanted to send like, Hey, can you listen to this demo? Like, am I on the right track? Or can you look at these lyrics? And and just, what do you think? And he just has has a really creative, critical, uh, um, friendly way of saying, why don't you take that verse out? (laughs) <laughs> you know, why don't you why don't you cut this or why don't you try? You know, I wanted his. You know, I, I really was seeking his him, his advice as a as a mentor with some of my songwriting, and he gave me a lot of good advice. And so, I recorded a couple songs at his studio. And then, you know, Alex Hall, who is a drummer of Flat Five and who also recorded both Flat Five records at his studio, he knows my voice. He knows what microphones to use. He was great uh-huh. to work with. I, I mean, he helped me produce this record and and Casey and I, you know, since the pandemic, we just kind of started doing these duo shows. So he Casey and I have just been working together a lot and there's just no better bass player I can think of. Yeah. To have any, and I mean, if anything on this new record, Casey's bass playing is spectacular. Yes, and it's, it's my favorite, one of my favorite parts of this record. And I couldn't resist but ask Scott Ligon to come in like a couple of days. I didn't want it to be like Nora with the flat five, but I couldn't help but ask Scott to play guitar solo or play keyboards. And then, uh, you know, I wanted to um, have the opportunity to do most if most if not all of the vocals myself just to have that experience and that that journey of building harmonies and stuff which
1: is so fun for me okay so that was my next question actually are the harmony the harmonies are absolutely gorgeous particularly the one that comes to mind is cambridge cold Is that you harmonizing with yourself or is that? Yeah, that guys? is,
0: that is me. I think, yeah, I did. I also did. I think I did the vocals for that song and tarot card at home. So I recorded in my home <laughs> studio slash filthy basement, um, which was a really fun experience for me. Cause I can, you know, there was no one else around. I could take as long as I want. I can play and not feel self-conscious yeah. about it. So that's kind of where I build all those little bits of harmonies for Cambridge Cole
1: oh, in the basement. That's awesome. That's awesome. And the, the filthy basement adds something to it. If it was a clean, yeah. pristine basement, <laughs> it wouldn't be near it's as not easy.
0: filthy. It's just like an unfinished, <laughs> you know, pipes and mice kind of a place. Ah, you know?
1: Much like my basement. Yeah. So this <laughs> this album, was this something that's, that was in the works for a while, or is this a result of being locked up and unable to tour for, you know, two years, basically.
0: I think it, I think it was, I think it was that. And, and I I just kind of feel it's kind of long overdue. Not, I mean, not that, I mean, you know, the songs came out when, when they came out and I guess I was ready to just see what was going on inside. And then I just finally kind of let myself be open to the process of 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 writing, which I might not have allowed myself for a very long time because I was kind of comfortable in my career of touring with these other bands and raising my kids. And, um, you know, it was just like the timing was right to just see what was in there. And I had been, you know, COVID came, obviously, you know, COVID people have all sorts of COVID stories, but I started playing these backyard parties in my town you know, for like 20 people all spread out. And okay. it was this kind of weird little, it was almost kind of magical because at the time nobody nobody was eating out at all. We weren't doing anything. We weren't visiting our families. We weren't traveling. We weren't eating out. We weren't going. Nothing was going Yeah. except for these little backyard parties or bonfires. And so I just started doing a ton of those. And I, I guess I just realized like, I think it would be really good if I had more of my own material for these solo shows. And so let's just start writing some songs. And that's what I did.
1: Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. So see something positive came out of all of this. Yeah. So. I think so.
0: I think, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's not black and white, you know, there's a lot came out of all of this, but that is, that is a positive thing for me anyway, that I would say that I, I realized I really enjoyed doing solo stuff again. And then I wanted to just kind of see what, what I had to offer myself. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wanted the experience of trusting myself Mm. and growing and, and having the experience of, going into being the one to make the decisions and to arrange the songs and it was just a great growing experience for me to make this record. I loved
1: it. Well, you've got some amazing tracks in here. You've got some stuff that's just, I mean, I can hear it being played on the radio like Fare Thee Well. My Heart, you know, the title track, that's got some, that's got the great bouncy piano, little kind of pop sensibilities to it. the entire thing but there's one track that just intrigued me because you're known mainly as a vocalist you've got one instrumental on the song wind wolf yeah so as a vocalist what made you decide to write wind wolf and keep it an instrumental and what is what is wind wolf so wind wolf
0: is a made-up character um uh, some sort of spirit animal, lion bear, or something. <laughs> but also, what it is when I made the demo for that song, I thought I was typing Winwood because I was thinking Stevie Winwood but I accidentally typed wind wolf <laughs> instead of Winwood, And then I like add this visual of this beautiful creature that is all good and all knowing. So maybe wind wolf is my higher power. I'm not exactly
1: sure. Did you make up that um, whole bear lion thing then? Yeah, I did. Nice. I did. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I did.
0: Yeah. I so, believed it. Uh, yeah. And so I, there was a day we were in the studio and I had this song and I just happened to have, you know, Scott and Casey and Alex, I had everybody. I'm like, let's get this down. Um, while I have you here, let's go ahead. And so we all like set up, we all just recorded that whole thing in one, in one room and I took it home and listened to it and I was going to write lyrics. And then, but in the back of my mind, I did want to have an instrumental on the record. So I just, I think I might write words to it about this, this, whatever this wind wolf is maybe for the next record. I thought about doing that. Like it would be fun. If it came back with lyrics another time, I thought that would be a clever idea. And I just really liked I just love listening to it the way it was. And then I had Steve Dawson add harmonium um, on a different day. He came into the studio, brought his harmonium and, oh. uh, and, and played. And I think that just kind of soars throughout the song. And it's really nice. So I just thought it was done.
1: Why do I get this picture of S- Steve walking into the studio and like, hey, what you got there? Oh, you know, harmonium. Like, <laughs> Oh, like, I, just, just, I just thought I'd bring it in today. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>
0: a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we used it on a couple of things. I thought it was, a, you know, I thought I wanted like accordion or something. And, and then I knew I wanted to use harmonium because I had, uh, we had toured with this woman, Olivia Chaney, when it was opening up for the Decemberists, And then they made a record together and she would play her harmonium and sing, you know, so gorgeous. And it's such a beautiful instrument. And Steve just happened to have one. So there you go.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Steve's music. I, I got introduced to him by doing this podcast too. So he he came on a, a yeah, little while great. back. He uh oh, I, I didn't really know much of his stuff, but Funeral Bonsai Wedding is just killer stuff. Yeah. I absolutely yeah, it's really love it. Neat. So you're about to hit the as we're recording this, you're just like literally days away from hitting the road with Nico Case. Right. And the album doesn't come out until the, actually the day after my wedding anniversary. So Aww. so yeah, uh 20, twenty Thank you. Uh twenty-one years this year. Nice so, work. So yeah, you know, most mostly hard work on her part. Not uh you know, <laughs> so she's gotta put up with this. So <laughs> after the after the the tour with Nico, are you planning on uh supporting the album with any, any shows, any any tours or anything like that? Yeah,
0: I do. I really want to. I can't even begin to explain how (laughs) shitty it is to book your own tours and how hard it is. I just dread the idea of, of doing that, but I'm, but I'm, you know yeah I come home at the end of September the record comes out October 7th so I've got like some of these little events happening you know maybe go do like all Chicago stuff like do some record stores I have a record release party October 22nd at Evanston at this place called Space in Evanston I'm gonna go up to Madison and play Kiki's House of Righteous Music which is this awesome house party and this woman that puts on house shows and and, um, I'm hoping to string together like a living room tour in in the spring
1: oh wow
0: but i'll be i'll be doing you know i i'm gonna play all over chicago as much as they'll have me um because i and i think i have some a new pornographers tour at the end of this year too so between the tours i'm gonna work on my Nora stuff and play some shows for sure
1: oh that's awesome man it's too too bad i'm a, several hours away because i would where are you where I'm do you live winchester virginia Okay, home of Patsy Klein, oh,
0: excellent, excellent, so well, if you know of any people who have living room shows near you, send, send them my way. You and, go. I'll, and I'll put you in my route.
1: <laughs> We've got some really cool, smaller venues in this in town. It's and I actually just found one today called the Monument. So oh, cool. I have no idea how living room tours work, <laughs> but if uh, if I can figure something out. I will definitely be in touch, and because honestly, ever since you, you and, and Kelly and Casey came on with the flat five, I've just been, become a huge fan. I Thank love you so much. I love your voice. I love Kelly's voice. I love how the two of you harmonize together, and I, I'm dying to be able to see you guys live. So, hopefully. We, you know, you'll be able to come out to this area at some point where you're the main focus, because I think that would be a, <laughs> a, just a wonderful show. I'd love to hear a bunch of these songs live. And uh, I just really I'm going to I'm going to try to support this album as much as I can get. As, and thank you. Many people, my, my daughter, you saw, who you met earlier, loves it. So sweet. She's actually very upset that it's not out yet right now because she can't add it to her Spotify. So not yet. Soon, said, very soon. So you're gonna have to wait, kiddo. <laughs> yeah, but once it's in, she's definitely adding the entire album to her her, her Spotify list. She, so awesome! So you're hitting yeah, you're so hitting happy. the the 18 year old demographic. The
0: kids love me. They the do. kids love me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, how can people follow you and follow what you're doing? Uh, any any of the tours you're on, and, and pick up the album when it's out.
0: Yeah, well, Pravda Music, Pravda, uh, Pravda Records is putting out the show. They have a website, pravdamusic.com. I have a website I'm about to launch, noraoconnormusic.com, And then you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And and I usually will post shows and, and links to videos and uh, merch in
1: those spaces oh excellent excellent well thank you so much for your time I know you have uh, got a whole bunch of stuff going on today so I really do appreciate you taking a, a oh gosh almost an hour at this point to talk to me about your album it's been it's been wonderful
0: uh, thank you so much for having me it's really good to see you again and uh, best of luck and help to you when you said that I can sing the And you will yeah.